Welcome to the show today. We are back in Thousand Oaks at uh, Godspeed Calvary Chapel, my uh, old stomping grounds and church, if you will. We have back on the show today here at Unaborted, one of the uh, audience favorites, uh, the one and the only uh, black belt, uh, Bryce Eddy, a very successful entrepreneur and businessman in his own right. Uh, so much so that he's able to fight the culture of death. He's able to support his family and actually get engaged at a way bigger degree than a lot of people are able to do. We're going to talk about all things kooky, weird, sick, and satanic in the culture so that you're educated about what's going on and inspired and motivated to get your hands dirty, to get off the bench and get engaged in this fight for the sake of our own souls, our posterity, and how our grandchildren will discuss how we lived in this era and in these times. Buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Bryce, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thank you, man. Uh, thank you for having me in my studio <laughs> in on your, your studio. show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now, well, now, to be fair, it's not really. This was actually well. It's Godspeak Studio. It's Godspeak Studio. But to be fair, I, I, I was actually running my show in here for over a year before uh, you ever had the. the you were session. first, but as I do, I come in and I make things my own. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I took over. I, 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 th- I <laughs> through my docent tones, I, I really kind of warmed up this I, I space you, for you for a long time. I think you blessed it for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so um, what do you want to talk about, man? I've got a few things on my list um, that I'm interested in getting your take on. Um, I, I don't know if you've got something that is top of mind for you. Well, man, uh, other it's... than bestiality, I know you've been really, <laughs> I know you've been really contemplating the uh, um, the idea of bestiality <clears throat> the last couple of days. Yeah, so we can yeah. talk about that. Well, uh, so we'll just pause right there. I apologize, everyone, for my my very perverted board member's mind. I, I do not uh, contemplate bestiality. Um, but this is where the culture is going, right? Yes. And, and uh, we were talking off air about where some of this stuff is going. But um, it's just so good to, to hang with you again and, and uh, wanted everyone to know who listens to the show that you're on the board now of the White Rose Resistance and just helping us get off the ground. We're, we're trying to build the, the Turning Point USA of the pro-life movement. And, you know, we're only 18 months old, but God has been faithful. We're growing fast and trying to build an international movement that gives people tools education, resources, but I think most importantly, inspiration and mobilization to take action. And uh, we're doing all this, mobilizing people at the local level. We hired a director of activism, the director of resistance, and now we're going to start hiring regional coordinators and getting the church engaged so that people have something to do and people to gather with to fight against this stuff. It's going to take good people. Um, One of my favorite um, writers, Bryce, is um, Abraham Kuyper the famous Dutch theologian and politician. And you may have heard a quote from him before that everyone knows, they just don't know it came from him. He said, there is not one square inch in the whole domain of human existence over Christ, over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not scream mine. Yeah. Amen. Christian nationalism. But, but <laughs> another thing he says, he says that in any successful attack on freedom, the state can only be an accomplice because the chief culprit is the citizen who forgets his duty, who wastes away his strength in the sleep of sin and sensual pleasure, and so he loses the power of his own initiative. He loses the power of his own initiative through the sleep of sin and sensual pleasure. The chief culprit is us. For allowing this, for not doing anything about the killing of children, the transing of children, the selling of children, whether that's the sex trafficking industry 
or in vitro fertilization and third-party reproductive technologies because two dudes who do not have a procreative relationship want a kid. And right now in California, as we're speaking, Bryce, they've been pushing this bill that would define a a non-procreative sexual relationship's inability to reproduce as infertility. Mm-hmm. Freaking infertility because you chose to have s- sex with someone that you cannot create a new human being with, and they're pushing for healthcare companies to yeah. be required in California to fund the kind of experiments that need to be done third-party reproductive technologies, namely IVF, so that they can have a kid. Yeah, if you hadn't gone the healthcare <laughs> route, I was going to share that, that yeah, that's exactly why they're doing that. Well, you're that. in this industry. Yeah, and that, that's that's exactly why they um, uh, do a lot of those things in definition changes and all that stuff. There, You know, there's uh, the big, tr- you know, transgender moves to, you know, make all of that medically necessary care as well and make sure that insurance carriers you know, cover, uh, you know, double mastectomies in children and, you know, all those sort of things. They're all part of that same. No, that's a Republican talking point, Bryce. They're not doing it to minors. That's just what that's just a Republican talking point to rile up the base. It's not happening to minors. Why are you lying on my podcast? It's not happening every day. (laughs) (laughs) Do not believe your own eyes or the detransitioners that have come on my show and many others uh, who have uh, shared their experiences and uh, the fact that as minors, they have been medically mutilated. Related, yep, um, and chemically castrated. castrated. Yeah, yep. no, it's 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 wickedness. Um, I want to I want to go back to um, so the bestiality thing, um, which you know, it's a very important topic. Um, it, it's trending right now, and that's the reason we were talking about it. Is um, the slippery slope people are once again right, and we are seeing a movement towards the most depraved forms of sexuality. Um, you know, the LGBTQ, it's going to be including P and Z uh, pretty soon. Z for uh, zoophilia. <laughs> zoophilia, thank um, you. That's right. <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, you're starting to see on Twitter, uh, and I think it's based on uh, on the guy, and, and you'll have to um, introduce uh, him. I forgot his name. That yeah, is Peter that is, Singer. Yeah. yeah, Peter Singer. That is now um, causing some of these trending topics where they're saying, well, why not? Is what yep. they're saying, yep. um, and uh, and that's what the slippery slope people have been saying for so long. If you're going to allow this, well, then why not this? And we've been saying that it is going to go in this direction, and they're going to start celebrating the you know sexual abuse of animals as well. Yep. You know, well, it's just love, and look, the animal maybe they're consenting. I don't yep. know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you know we're we're in a um, you know massively uh, yeah. depraved world, and we're witnessing it spiraling. Um, I in appreciate real time. how you. I appreciate just the, you know, the the simplicity of which you say that because every time a radical idea has been floated by the elite intellectual class, right? By the way, our universities are like a sort of like a cultural crystal globe. Um, and so they tell you what your society will look like in about 20 years. So it always starts in the universities. That's been true since, I don't know, the Frankfurt School, at least, in terms of the 20th century, in terms of like modern, like cultural Marxism, because we could trace these ideas back like actually thousands of years. Yeah. But like in terms of like, you know, we go back to Thomas Hobbes and the Leviathan if we want to go way freaking back. But if we're just talking about kind of the, the modern left and where these ideas really start taking off, it, it, it always starts in the universities. 
it's kind of it's kind of like dismissed or laughed at. <laughs> I right. mean, isn't is this not what our parents said um, in like uh, maybe like 2007, 2008, when like a lot of the homosexual agenda was rising more as a lot of like university students were crying for safe spaces. Yeah, well, I'm what older was, than you, so I was saying it in 2007, yeah, yeah, tell 2008. Us, yeah, tell us what people were saying. They were saying like, oh, wait till they graduate yeah, yeah. and enter the real world. Yeah. Well, what happened when they entered the real world? Oh, they brought all of their philosophies <laughs> with them. Yeah, no, remember the, those um, – you know, in in order to have a maturing process, right? Because that's that's what um, that's what a lot of those parents and you know people expected was like, wait till you pay taxes. You know, once you start paying taxes, then you know you're gonna you know become that's more right. conservative, that's said, and you're yeah. gonna wise up, and you're not gonna you're not gonna be saying that nonsense. The problem is, is that they got so indoctrinated by that nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't yep. just fringe ideas. By the time they were in school, it That's was no right. longer fringe ideas. It became a religion. Yep. And so now the people that are in charge are the people that were indoctrinated in that secular humanist religion. That's right. That said all those things. Um, you know, we uh, our parents took for granted and generate and their parents and their parents before them took for granted the fact that we were steeped and indoctrinated healthy in a healthy way yep. in Judeo-Christian values and standards, yep. which all of those got pushed by the wayside over time, you know, again, by those university professors and things that are, yep. you know, the intellectual class and the people who are now, you know, calling bestiality, no problem, no big deal, no big deal. Zoophilia. Zoophilia, yeah. Um, but that's the point, it, it, right, it starts in the universities. Right. <clears throat> that's where you create the next generation of revolutionaries. Right. Um, and they they didn't uh, wise up. They didn't man up. They didn't set aside their radical ideologies because now they have to pay taxes and they have a nine to five job. They just lived out really the truth of their convictions and the, and the, and the country continued to shift along those ideological yep. lines. And so, I mean, Charlie and other people have said this, but I think it bears repeating like our most of our state universities today are leftist indoctrination camps. That's been true for quite some time. And so the whole point is to kind of bring the circle back around here is, you know, Peter Singer has been one of those. um, I I call him like architects of the culture of death. Actually, there's actually a great book called Architects of the Culture of Death. Yeah. (laughs) And um, uh, and I'm forgetting the author's name right now, but I believe that there's an entire chapter on Peter Singer. He's he truly is one of the architects of the culture of death. And he's long been one of the high priests of humanism, kind of the the intellectual elite grandfathers, you know, if you will, of of the modern left. I think the dude's in his late 80s now or something like that at Princeton University. I mean, he was writing books in like 91, 92 when I was born called practical ethics and he, he became infamous for his support of infanticide. Right. Because he said, actually, here's a quote that might interest the listeners. He basically, I'll, I'll, I'll give it in a second, but, but basically what he said, he said like pro-lifers are right. Um, that the birth canal does not confer personhood. There's, there, there's no magical event that happens that suddenly would some, somehow transform the third trimester child from a, a thing with no rights to a rights-bearing individual. And he says the liberal search, like we're, he's saying like, we're searching for this, the liberal search for a morally crucial dividing line yeah. between the newborn baby and the fetus, this search has failed to yield any event or stage of development which can bear the weight 
of separating those with a right to life from those who lack such a right. So he has defended the killing of babies up to one years old as moral. And he said that two to three years old is a gray area. So he's acknowledging that if if like consciousness or self-awareness or desires or like a rational nature that you can exercise in the here and now is what makes you a person and the infant doesn't have that either then the infant, like the unborn, is disqualified from the community of persons. He's saying you can't draw an arbitrary line at birth just because you're uncomfortable personally yeah. with killing infants. Hey, I admire, Let's be consistent. <laughs> I, I admire the logical consistency there. Yeah. Um, and no, I, I mean, look, you know, obviously he's reprehensible and the guy's going to be, um, you know, spending eternity in hell. I mean, yeah. I'm not the ultimate judge there, but I think I'm going to be right on that one. Um and uh, uh, but but most of the pro-abortion crowd, you know, uh, cannot um, use any logic at all. Right. So they, yep. they have to dance around these subjects. You know, that's why that's why the pro-life position is so consistent. You know, life begins at conception, you know, as as it ought to, as yep. God tells us it does. Right. Yep. Um, any any other um thing doesn't stand up to scrutiny any other position they take falls by the wayside use medical technology or yep. just you know time or you know better scientific understanding or all those sort of things erase any of their positions over time quite easily yeah that's right um and so his position in that cult of death that they have is actually consistent yep that's right um most of the people these days you know there's there's a whole you know class and, and i know you face this all the time of just ignorant people you know hey the safe late legal and rare the <laughs> yeah that's right um, the people who are arguing um you know consistently on um i watched a you know a, a matt walsh clip the other day and i don't know when it was from if it was recent but somebody put together a, cl- a clip of him being confronted by a medical student or a nurse or you know some dude yeah um you know, and, and the guy was, you know, uh, you know, yelling at him, answer my question. So you believe that a 13 year old girl should be forced to, you know, give birth to a child. And the way I answer that <laughs> rape and incest question and all that stuff is yep. is by a question back at them. OK, would you like the negotiations to begin there? Yep. Because you're at you're you're talking about, you know, less than one percent of abortions. So are you giving us the other 99, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, get rid of all of those. And then, Hey, Hey, well now we'll, now let's just discuss and let's begin our negotiations at, mm-hmm. you know, rape or incest right. and, you know, things like that. Um, but of course they, they just use that to batter and bash us yep, yep. Um, and, and try to put us on our heels, which we should resist because there's no reason to be on your heels about something that is a exception yep. and a tiny exception at that. Yep. Yep. You know, now, there's no reason for us to, you know, traumatize that kid and kill that baby. The the poor uh, child um, at 13 was raped. Yep. We're going to go and rape her again by tearing the baby out of her womb. Yep, I mean, come that's on, right. that's that's a that's a huge level of, of wickedness. She's already been traumatized. She's going to live with that trauma for the rest of her life. Let's give her another trauma. Yep, yep. Well, and uh, here's where I think a lot of the demonic sort of ideologies in our culture start to coalesce. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Every Life, Every Life Diaper Company, the only pro-life diaper company in America. I mean, this is so, this is just like, the reason that they have to be a sponsor of the show is, is unreal. Like, we're partnering with them because all eight of the major American diaper companies 
rhetorically support or financially support the abortion industry. <laughs> so the baby industry that, that profits off of selling things for babies it supports or funds the killing of babies, which means that there's less babies, which means that they don't make as much money. Yeah, try to explain that, okay? Nothing explains that except the woke mind virus, okay? That, that is a result of this culture of death, and you can't defeat the culture of death by funding a culture of death. This is how we win and fight back, by creating an alternative economy to fund the kind of culture we want to build, okay? So listen, if you've got kids, I've got three, all right? We got lots of poop around the house, right? We gotta have diapers. If you need to have diapers anyways, go to everylife.com, promo code SETH10, 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 okay? And and if you sign up for the uh, the, the membership, uh, then you actually save a little bit more money. Promo code SETH10, um, get your diapers from every life. Let's bankrupt every pro-abortion diaper company because conservative pro-life Christians have the most kids anyways. So it's actually the pro-life Christians who are funding the pro-abortion diaper companies. We got to stop this. Thank you to our sponsor, Every Life. Go to everylife.com, promo code SETH10, SETH10, to get 10% off your first order. And so this is really important. Um, Peter Singer, Bryce, came out um, yesterday, yesterday being Thursday, November 9th, okay? And he uh, tweeted out on, on social media an article um, from someone named Fira Benstow um, called Zoophilia is Morally Permissible. And Peter Singer here says, <clears throat> this piece challenges one of society's strongest taboos and argues for the moral permissibility of some forms of sexual contact between humans and animals. This article offers a controversial perspective that calls for a serious and open discussion on animal ethics and sex ethics. Now, listen, bestiality has a long history. I mean, the Bible had to condemn this. The early church fathers had to speak out against this. Yeah. Um, this is not a new practice. And I actually later I want to get into, you know, how much this was wrapped up actually in the sexual revolution with people like Kinsey. However, here's the ideological common denominator that explains this. And this is the first time I've spoken publicly on this, actually. I have not discussed bestiality in my talks or the podcast before. So if you enjoy this podcast and you listen regularly, listen up. I'm, I'm uh, putting these thoughts together right now, and I've been thinking about this because here is how we make sense of this. See, and you pushed back. You pushed back that you were thinking about bestiality. And see, I was right. <laughs> Okay, maybe not in the same context. <laughs> thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> uh, I just want to know, how, how are they going to get those consent forms signed? Yeah. Because don't, well, don't we have to have constant and, you know, con consent? Well, you know, I mean, Kinsey apparently taught us that it's the science that uh, children can uh, consent to sexual acts because children are sexual from birth. And, and that's why we should show them pornographic curriculum in the sex ed in America's schools. Because um, if, you, if you give someone information... This is, this is true in medicine, is it not? When you give them all of the information about the medical procedure, about the risks and all whatever, all this stuff, you, you just give them all the information. Uh, now they can consent because they yeah. have all the information. That's how they view children. If you can give them all yeah. – anyways, before we go down Co that, colossal, that rabbit trail, colossal however, creeps. here's how all of this actually works together. This, this is why getting ideas wrong is so dangerous. This is why I say over and over again, it's a line from Richard Weaver's book. Ideas have consequences. And then I always say, and bad ideas have victims. But 
if you understand the the philosophy of person, if you if you understand the kind of like metaphysical, um, you know, assumptions that are wrapped up in Peter Singer's support of infanticide, third trimester abortions, eugenics and bestiality, it all starts to make sense. Here's what I mean by this. If a person is not a human body, so not all humans are persons. So that's why the baby in the womb can be human. And Singer will admit that. I got quotes from Peter Singer in his own writings where he says, of course, we know it's a human. Of course. But it's not a person. So, so not every human is a person, believes Singer and most of the radical people on the left, because a person is not just a human. There's, there's a difference. A person is, is sort of metaphysical identity. Uh, what they're trying to talk about is the soul. Yeah. They just don't know how to give language to it. So the person is your thoughts, your consciousness, uh, your desires. And, and so if you don't have a desire for a right to life, if you're, if you're not conscious, if you're not self-aware, then you might be a human in the womb. Yeah. But until those cognitive abilities um, kick in and can therefore be exercised, then there's no person there yet. Hence his yeah. consistency in saying we can kill one-year-olds. Now, or, or, but well, the, where does it go why, from here, Bryce? And that's why he says the gray area. Yeah. You know, the gray area because, oh, well. Because those things are starting point, to right? develop. That's right. right. Now, what, what, how, what's the link here? Listen, because it's very, very important for pro-life Christians to understand. How does this then bridge over to bestiality? Because I, I, I think some people don't understand this. Okay. If consciousness, self-awareness, and desires um, makes one a person, then that would grant personhood to some animals, although there are some humans who are now not persons. According to this ideology, what we're really talking about is actually, it's called body self-dualism or right. Gnosticism. I gave a 90-minute talk at Jack Hibbs Church called, at his Culture Detox event that they're doing once a month now. They just had Federer. They had me the month before. It's on my Rumble, guys. If you want to go listen to it, it's on the podcast. It's not on YouTube because we would get removed so quickly um, where I go through the, kind of the, the history of Gnosticism, Gnostic dualism, and how it's the animating feature behind um, transhumanism, transgenderism, homosexuality, the sexual revolution, abortion, the, the whole thing. And the, the belief is, is that like, I am not my body. The real person is those metaphysical things, thoughts, right. consciousness, desires, aims. Um, and the body's a shell. The body's a shell for the person who's this metaphysical yeah. thing. So that's how they're the able soul, to get it, uh, transgenderism yeah, and all those the same soul, arguments. The soul right. drives your body like a man drives a Corvette. It's like, it's just, it's like a vessel that you step into and We're operate. Just a meat suit. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, but yeah. you, you, Bryce, are not a body. Right. You are not body and soul. You are a soul with a body. And so why not take your 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 body to the body shop and give it a makeover? Right. That's right. that's transgenderism. And so if it's true that there can be some human babies who are not persons because they don't have those metaphysical characteristics or markers yet, that means that there are some more advanced animals that would qualify for the status of personhood according to Peter Singer and many on the left's uh, construct for personhood. So, so uh, Robert P. George, Robbie George is one of the like kind of intellectual <clears throat> um, ninjas of the conservative movement. Um, he's been kind of wrong in a couple of things, but I, I, he's way smarter than me. He's incredible. And Robert P. George has done some of the best work responding to Peter Singer and writing books against Peter Singer and where his ideology and writings go way <laughs> Way right. wrong, showing the consequences of bad ideas. So here's a short little line I want you guys to kind of grasp here as we, as we start to explain, like, why bestiality is actually a 
a sick and perverted, but a natural progression in progressive ideas and and this Gnosticism or Gnostic dualism. Here's what Robert P. George says about Peter Singer. <clears throat> he says, if the moral status conferring attributes, what what is that? Thoughts, consciousness, desires. That's that's an attribute, and that's what confers moral um, rights, right? If the moral status conferring attribute, like desires, consciousness, self-awareness, if it varies in degrees, whether it be the capacity for enjoyment or suffering or another attribute that comes in different degrees, it will follow that some humans will possess that attribute to a lesser extent than some non-human animals. And so inevitably, some interests of, of some non-human animals will trump the interests of some humans. It will also follow that some humans will possess that attribute in, a, in question in a higher degree than other humans, with the result that not all humans will be equal in fundamental worth and dignity. And so a lot of the arguments from, for abortion from people like Peter Singer and others, they, they, it, it's funny reading their writings. They can't seem to identify what the attribute is that grants personhood. So sometimes right. it's the capacity for enjoyment. Sometimes it's the ability to feel pain. Sometimes it's self-awareness. Sometimes it's just consciousness. Sometimes it's sentience. Yeah. They can't pick. They, they, sometimes it's they say you have to have all of them yeah. or one of them or two of them. And it's like, well, what is it? All, all at once? Just one or two at the same time? But what, 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 what Robert P. George is saying here about Peter Singer's weird Gnostic dualistic construct for, for what makes one a person is that those attributes come in varying degrees. So some humans will have a greater capacity for enjoyment or a greater ability to feel pain or greater self-awareness than other humans, which means that if you have that capacity that confers moral personhood in a greater degree than your friend, you would therefore by that same um, construct have greater rights than your other human who's less of a person because they possess that attribute in lesser degrees. But it also means, and here's the bridge to bestiality, there are some animals that would have that moral, moral status conferring attribute to a greater extent than some human babies or severely cognitively disabled human beings. Well, which would then mean if that's how we're making sense of what a person is, right. that would then mean that that animal actually is a person and should be granted personhood rights where there are thousands of examples of other humans that fail the litmus test for attaining or exercising that morally that moral status conferring attribute that Peter Singer demands that you manifest. So I covered this on my podcast two or three years ago. There was an ape, yes, a monkey, I believe it was an orangutan, in Florida who was granted the status of personhood by the court mm. with all the rights therein. So where do you think this inevitably leads? If some animals can be persons, but some human babies and severely cognitively disabled human beings fail the litmus test for personhood. Why not bang an ape? Mm, there you go. Well, and the Democrats would be excited about that because then they have more voters, <laughs> more ballots. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I mean, P PETA, uh, you know, PETA yeah. you know, celebrates that thought and idea, right? The people who worship, uh, you know, a animals and think that animals have more worth than humans, yep. you know, all that stuff falls into it's 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 kind of all the same, you know, vein. Yep. Uh, that all this stuff is falling into, um, which is, you know, attacking, um, you know, us as as, um, you know, made in God's image. Yep. Um, all of that is is uh, related. Well, and bestiality has <clears throat> sort of uh, 
a, a thick sort of uh, history within the sexual revolution as well. Yeah. Um, a- Alfred Kinsey, um, who's been called, by the way, <laughs> Bryce, he's been called the father of the sexual revolution, um, uh, was in support of bestiality in his writing. His um, One of his many gay lovers, um, Wardell Pomeroy, interestingly, guys, you know who Wardell Pomeroy became? He became the founding board member of SECUS, the Sexuality Information Education Council of the United States, um, started by Planned Parenthood's medical director, Mary Calderon, started by Planned Parenthood's medical director with seed money provided by Hugh Hefner. SECUS, Bryce, then becomes the number one group at the helm of producing, writing, disseminating, and selling all of the comprehensive sexuality education mm-hmm. for decades that have brought all these moms and dads to school board meetings. You know where that starts? Seekus, with a board member who was Kinsey's gay lover, who was for pederast rights and incest, Wardell Pomeroy was. He once said that, quote, incest between children and adults uh, can sometimes be an emotionally satisfying experience, end quote. Um, <clears throat> and he also supported bestiality. So like, yeah. this goes back to like the 40s and 50s. The takeaway, with... <laughs> the takeaway here is it's all connected. Yeah. And uh, bestiality is not good, folks. <laughs> we are not in favor of this, and we're not in favor of this change uh, that is coming. Uh, so and what's the slippery, wrong? The slippery slope. What's people wrong with right. bestiality, though, Bryce? I mean, I mean, why, you know, why is that wrong? I mean, if we're if we're meat puppets, and uh, materialism is true, and uh, this this accidental world just happened to big bang itself into existence, and uh, there was no divine logic behind the universe. Um, how can you really judge someone who's an atheist um, who wants to sleep with a dog? According to that worldview, you can't. That's why that worldview uh, doesn't work. That's, That's right. why that worldview is chaos. That's why that worldview uh, leads to death and destruction. And uh, we serve a God of order. And so we reject all of those things. Yep. That's right. One of the things that uh, was a a concentrated effort by, by Kinsey and his ilk. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Kinsey, of course, is, is credited with kind of um, normalizing all sorts of um, abhorrent, um, disordered sexual acts. Because in his two books, Sexuality in the Human Male in 48 and Sexuality in the Human Female in 54, I might have gotten those dates wrong, um, he basically argued as our men were coming back from World War II that uh, the greatest generation, mm-hmm. <laughs> the greatest generation um, was comprised of a bunch of sexual and moral hypocrites. And, and, and he began to announce with the uh, allegedly um, consensus of science and research that most American men cheated on their wives, most American men engaged in homosexual sex, and a lot of American men engaged in bestiality. These were some of the things he started saying. It was all bunk, but they were all lies. But he was attempting to to, to argue that this was actually most of this um, sexual deviant behavior was being practiced by most American men. And so, therefore, we shouldn't have the kind of laws against it that we do. It's already happening everywhere anyways. We need to acknowledge that and change the laws so that we're not criminalizing or yeah. throwing in jail 60% of the population. But it was all bunk. How much How much of, um, you know, guys like him and others, and, you know, there's, there's dozens of them that argue, you know, along those lines, how much of that is for them to run away from their own personal shame <laughs> yeah, that's a good and, point. and to try to, uh, again, just normalize and justify so that they don't feel 
the the conviction and the burning of their conscience uh, for what they're doing. You know, um, it's interesting. Also, no, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's interesting also that so Kinsey, um, it, there's there's a few um, uh, cancers that were injected or like patient zeros in the uh, dismantling of Western culture, and yeah. I'll, I'll bet you and I could come up with a relatively short list of people that were demonically influenced yep. that uh, infected our culture with cancers that, you know, now have metastasized beyond belief. Um, but uh, Kinsey is one of them. Um, you know, what he started, you know, Margaret Sanger is another one, what she started, you know, and, and it's funny, many of these people were all contemporaries of each other too. Yeah. Um, and then I think along the lines of, uh, I started seeing Aleister Crowley's influence all over the place in Western culture too, you know, who was yeah. a, who was a Satanist. We've talked about him before on the show. He um, was once called the beast. Yes. And one of the most evil men to have ever lived in the 20th century. There's actually a connection, Bryce, with Aleister Crowley and Kinsey. I'm not <laughs> surprised. And um, <laughs> after, so Aleister Crowley, for those who, who don't know, was uh, one of the most renowned Satanists of the 20th century. He had a temple um, in uh, Europe. Yes, yeah, he was out of England. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he raped and murdered babies. Yep. Let me say that again. Raped and murdered babies sacrificed them okay uh, he once summed up all of the law and the prophets of humanism when he said do as thou wilt yep do as thou wilt and <clears throat> he kept copious sexual notes in his journals sex diaries and data of the babies that he raped and murdered guess who was a whore for sexual data who wanted it who craved it who needed it kinsey kinsey needed sexual data to allegedly argue that the kind of aberrant behavior he was engaged in was reflective of most of the American public. Yep. He did get data from one Nazi pedophile, who we can talk about later if you want. But after Aleister Crowley died, he actually went to his temple with, um, with Aleister Crowley's documentarian, um, some, his last name's Anger. Thomas, uh, forgetting Kenneth. his first name, Kenneth Anger. Kenneth Anger, Kenneth the Anger, church, and father of the Church of Satan. That's right. And there's a there's a photo, Bryce, of Kinsey standing in a room next to Kenneth Anger at Aleister Crowley's temple, with a photo of Aleister Crowley looming in the background on the wall. Kinsey wanted Aleister Crowley's sexual data. We don't think he ever got his hands on it, but 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 this this was the follow the science yeah. of that era. They wanted this data to dismantle the Judeo-Christian worldview and the laws that Christianity inspired in the yeah. protection of children, family, marriage, the social fabric. If you are listening to this show and you are not a believer, this should be something that starts to open your eyes because uh, one of the most faith affirming things to me is to see how much darkness is all interconnected <laughs> right all the way up to the father of lies right all the way up to satan and his influence um that's right and and you when you see all of this stuff and how it's connected and it brings us to the modern battles we're in right now where you know the dismantling of families the you know, the wars that we're in, all of the different things are all connected and they're all coming from the same spirit, the same influences, you know, they, they are all bedfellows. I mean, it's, 
it's unbelievable. Yep, and so it right. should be greatly encouraging to you if you're a person of faith, mm-hmm. because if we know that's the case and we know on the other side of that, you know, is our Lord Jesus Christ that's and, right. and you should have hope. That's right. Um, <clears throat> Herbert Schlossberg wrote this incredible book many years ago called Idols for Destruction. Idols for Destruction. And he essentially makes the point that all human conflict is ultimately theological. And uh, he has this great line that speaking of, you know, for the Christians listening in who are so overwhelmed and maybe really discouraged about the state of the country, um, these idols will eventually collapse in on themselves. Yes. Um, But the, the, the human heartache and destruction that these ideologies will cause um, is really it's really the most heartbreaking thing. And here's what he says. He says, bloodthirsty gods produce bloodthirsty people. Yes. Because if someone thinks that chance rules rules the universe, it's all random, right? Just, and we just happen to big bang ourselves into, into existence, then his actions are likely to appear random. If people increasingly think that malevolence rules, we can expect more human sacrifice. If there is a decline in the number of people who believe that God is love, we can expect fewer who think that actions of love are moral imperatives. So for any individual or society, the religious questions are the ultimate ones that govern human conduct, whether we believe that or not. Mm. And C.S. Lewis talked about this, right? Like, you know, this, this, this sort of ideology of materialism, that if everything was chance and the thoughts that bang around in our mind are just the random result of atoms firing here and firing there, then you certainly can't trust your own thinking. And so if you can't trust your own thinking— you clearly can't trust the arguments for atheism and therefore have no reason to be an atheist. I mean, if, if chance rules, then all is acceptable. And if we just came from evolved apes or electrifi- electrified sludge that happened to arrange itself into what we call consciousness, then who gives a damn? That's right. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. And if being merry enta- entails killing babies, if being merry entails raping children, if being merry entails banging an ape, then so be it. For, 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 for there is no moral law. Kinsey once said, Bryce, um, the whole army of religion is our central enemy, end quote. He was very clear that his attempt to dismantle the Western um, civilization in America was a proxy war against Christianity. And when you remove God from a culture, guess what? We go right back to demon worship. That's right. That's right. And that's what we're in. Um, that's what we're in right now. Um, now, so what uh, are you doing about that, huh? Much of it's called... You just podcasting, right? You just talking about this stuff, Bryce? Or you, what are you doing, man? It's part of it. It's part of it for sure. Waking people up. Yeah. I mean, we are waking people up. Um, you know, and what can the audience do about that? You know, raise noble sons and daughters. That's right. Right? Um, you know, arm them with this stuff. Make sure that they know why they believe what they believe. Make yep. sure that uh, you know why you believe what you believe, because that's the first step. Yep. You know, get educated on these things. Open your eyes to to see yep. it all, right? Um, so that we can defend ourselves, defend our families, defend our faith. Um, you know, all of that is is important. Are you um, still doing uh, free Ventura? Yeah, yeah. We had an event uh, last night here, a uh, you know candidate mixer. So um, yeah, get uh, get involved in local politics. Do what you can um, at every possible level because you know we can have a revival. That's right. 
Um, I, I talk also about community here because, you know, get deep with your community. Find your community of like-minded people and believers. Um, that's right. So because important. that's how you're going to ultimately be able to protect yourself in a, in a world that goes even more fallen, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, the, the, the U.S., um, you know, is, is not assured to be around forever, right? That's right. And the respite we enjoyed... Uh, having a Judeo-Christian dominant yeah, culture right. is going away, right? Yeah. Um, so you need to be in communities so that you can trade and um, protect one another, so you can feed one another. You know, all those things are going to be so important in the years ahead because persecution and prosecution of Christians and conservatives, um, sometimes that's one and the same, sometimes it's not, but it's coming. Yep. And, and, it's, and it's promised, Yep. to come. That's that's the the life of a Christian. Again, you know, America, we, we enjoyed a long respite. Yep. Um, but, you know, one religious um, uh, underpinning or culture or foundation is going to reign supreme. We're losing that yep. here. Yep. And uh, and it always will, right? And people think, you know, that's, that's where you get called a Christian nationalist and things like that. Um, but that's the reality, yep. you know? In some countries, it's Islam. Some countries, it's it's uh, secular humanism or, you know, yep. uh, and, and with secular humanism come all of the things that they're doing to us and all the lies that they tell you about the environment and, the, you yep. know, the worship of things <clears throat> and everything else. And they pretend that they're 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 a religious yeah, yeah. when in reality, you know, they're um, they're, you know, sacrificing babies, yeah. um, you know, on, on the mountain of their religion. Yep, that's right. Well, and you've said this before, <clears throat> and I thought it was very. um. I thought it was a, a beautiful observation of kind of how the culture war in America works. And I integrated it into, into my <clears throat> talk called um, All Human Conflict is Ultimately Theological at Jack Hibbs um, Culture Detox in July. And we went through how Gnosticism was the undergirding anim animating ideology behind most of the evil we're seeing. <clears throat> and then I went through with each thing, with, with same-sex marriage or homosexuality, with transgenderism, with abortion, um, uh, with all of these various kind of iterations in the culture of death, how first they asked for tolerating, yeah, then so acceptance. That that was Matt Walsh. Then celebration, uh, uh, yeah. then participation every time. Yeah, I want to give I want to give credit to, to Matt Walsh on that. I've said it a lot. Because, yep. um, uh, but he he deserves the attribution. But yeah, it's uh it, it's it's true. And it happens every and, time. Yeah, and I'll and I'll say and I'll say it again for for uh, people who haven't heard um it said by Matt Walsh or me. Um, yeah, they, they, they ask for tolerance, right? And because we are nice people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and Christians are nice people and Americans are generally nice people. So, you know, we give them tolerance, right? Yep. And then once we've given them tolerance, they want acceptance, you know? So yep. you have to say that what they're doing is okay. That's right. Right. You can't say that it's wrong. Okay. Or else you, you, you know, might lose your job. And again, you cannot be discriminating against somebody. You can be kind to them. You can be loving to them face to face. And you can say that what they are doing is wrong. Okay. Yep. And you can have that belief, but those things can be true. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll call it hate though. If you aren't affirming, right. And that's the term that they're using for acceptance today is yeah. no, you have to affirm that's right. what I am doing and say that it is not wrong yep. and not only not wrong, but it is right. In yep. fact, it's most right. It's more right yeah. than what you're doing. Right. And that's where celebration comes in. Mm -hmm. You have to celebrate it. 
Meaning, you know, you, you don't just have to quietly accept it. You need to, in the streets, be waving the flag alongside me. You need to put it in your Twitter profile. You need yep. to, you need to, um, you know, put your pronouns on your business cards. I mean, you need to celebrate this with me or else you are hating me. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, you know, last is, you know, you need to participate. And that participation, like with the transgender thing or stuff like that, yep. means that you have to say that, yes, men can get pregnant and you have to, yep. you know... Um, uh, deny basic <laughs> biology and reality, and and you have to deny that there's you know valid mental issues yep. that need to be addressed. And again, we need to love people, and we need to try to help uh, get them right. the help that they deserve. That's right. But, but it's, it's it's not loving to affirm delusion no. or lies. Here, here's Correct. how it worked with the homosexual agenda, Bryce. <clears throat> we want the right to engage in homosexual sex and relationships. That's all. Just tolerate us. Actually, we want marriage equality. We want to change the entire definition of marriage and sever it from biological realities. Just accept it. Well, actually, we want the entire month of June set aside to glorify our sexual preferences and identities and every corporation in America to put our flags on their branding. Just yep. celebrate us. Well, I mean, actually, uh, we want photographers and bakers uh, to be forced to photograph our weddings and bake our wedding cakes. And we want our pornographic sex ed mandated in public schools as part of health courses, in many cases with no parental opt-out option or parental notification beforehand. Yeah. Also, we want the right to adopt children. Um, and any orphan or foster care organization that refuses to give us children should be shut down and sued for discrimination. Just participate in our agenda. Yep. Every freaking time. What you tolerate you will eventually be asked to accept. What you accept as normal and not aberrant, you will then be asked to celebrate, cheer, and heckle for. And before you know it, you will be required to participate in the culture of death upon threat of career termination or financial destruction or, as we're starting to see, the full-blown discrimination of Christians who refuse to bow the knee to the pagan idol. Yeah, and there's uh, you know countries that are arresting, right? Yep. Canada does, right? Um, if if you um, uh, do not celebrate or participate, you know you you can get arrested, um, and well, that is that the, is going to be the coming equal here. Equal rights amendment. Yeah, that America, is coming here. What you know the, you know why Phyllis Schlafly is famous, y'all, for defeating the equal rights amendment decades ago. It would have destroyed female spaces and female rights, although it was lauded as the bill to enshrine female rights, right. <laughs> quote unquote. Um, it would have granted to the left everything they've always wanted, which is to obliterate any distinctions between men and women. Yes. Um, and they were pushing this, by the way, just in 2021 again. They failed to get it through, but they were pushing for the ERA, yeah. the Equal Rights Amendment, again. And let me tell you guys what that actually resulted in the real world. If the, if the Democrats and the radical left in America ever get the Equal Rights Amendment shoved through into federal law, here's what that will mean. Jack Kibbs gets up on a Sunday morning and he preaches out of Genesis. About how marriage is a union of one man and one woman. And any other type of union is actually not a marriage. Yeah. That marriage has a definition. It comes from God. And every society in human history, even the ones that practiced human sacrifice, defined marriage as the comprehensive, um, exclusive union <clears throat> of a male and a female for the good of society and the rearing of children. Um, he could be sued for hate speech. And lose his 501c3 status, although people like Jack don't care about the 501c3 right. status. Amen. But like they could come for churches. They could they could come for authors, podcasters, for for basically for hate speech, actually. Yep. 
Um, that that's actually where the equal rights amendment goes. I can't think of a better example of this final, um, this final iteration of the secular moral revolution, which is to require you to participate in the culture of death. Yeah, no, I've I've lost I've lost business. Um, you know, being outspoken, I've I've had um, friends lose business for for their affiliation yeah. to me. I, um, now these people they celebrate it and they think that they're winning these great victories, but they don't understand. I do not care. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. not care. You know, I will I will go. To, uh, what do they call you here, Bryce? In thousand uh, uh, Christo fascist, Christian Christo, nationalist, Christo-fascist. Uh, stochastic terrorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From people who don't even know what fascism is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but no, I I do not care. I I would rather be poor. And being and Amen. standing up for um, you know my integrity, um, Amen. And and the you know integrity of our values and our beliefs uh, with respect to these things, um, and and not run in fear and and you know run as a coward from wow. these people who are perpetrating and pushing nonsense on us. Head on over to the spot uh, to iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. Go subscribe to Rumble because, you know, eventually something's going to probably happen with YouTube. Go subscribe to Rumble. If you want to get engaged with the White Rose Resistance, go to thewhiterose.life, thewhiterose.life. And if you become a $35 a month ally, you get a free activism donor box in the mail and you get our digital resistance community you get invited to with a full our first full course on there, three sessions, curriculum, quizzes you can go through, the first live call with Eric Metaxas is on there. And this is going to be this just growing cash of equipping, inspiring, and educating you to be the resistance. If you join at $70 a month, you get our Culture War Book Club coming out at the end of November. We're going through a book a month, live call. We discuss it with me. Sometimes we'll have the author on Culture War Book Club. Um, Help us build Christian resistance again in this country before it's too late. Till next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. (laughs) 